Today is the first day of the month of March. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian, and as we cross into this new month, we are still here on a pilgrimage through the land of the Bible. So coming to you again today from from the holy city of Jerusalem. And uh, we've been basing ourselves from here and exploring. We explored a bit of the central territory in the north. Uh, Yesterday we'll be going, and today we'll be going kind of down into the lowlands. But we will talk about all of that in a little while after we've done what we've come to do and take the next step forward in the scriptures together this year. We're reading from the New International Version this week, and we're winding our way to the end of the week. Today, Leviticus chapter 24, verse 1 through 25, verse 46. The Lord said to Moses, Command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light, so that the lamps may be kept burning continually. Outside the curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant law in the tent of meeting, Aaron is to tend the lamps before the Lord from evening until morning, continually. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. The lamps on the pure gold lampstand before the Lord must be tended continually. Take the finest flour and bake twelve loaves of bread, using two-tenths of an ephah for each loaf. Arrange them in two stacks, six in each stack, on the table of pure gold before the Lord. By each stack put some pure incense as a memorial portion to represent the bread, and to be a food offering presented to the Lord. This bread is to be set out before the Lord regularly, Sabbath after Sabbath, on behalf of the Israelites, as a lasting covenant. It belongs to Aaron and his sons, who are to eat it in the sanctuary area, because it is a most holy part of their perpetual share of the food offerings presented to the Lord. Now the son of an Israelite mother, an Egyptian father, went out among the Israelites and a fight broke out in the camp between him and an Israelite. The son of the Israelite woman blasphemed the name with a curse, so they brought him to Moses. His mother's name was Shelomith, the daughter of Dibri, the Danite. They put him in custody until the will of the Lord should be made clear to them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the blasphemer outside the camp. All those who heard him are to lay their hands on his head, and the entire assembly is to stone him. Say to the Israelites, Anyone who curses their God will be held responsible. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord is to be put to death. The entire assembly must stone them whether foreigner or native-born. When they blaspheme the name, they are to be put to death. Anyone who takes the life of a human being is to be put to death. Anyone who takes the life of someone's animal must make restitution, life for life. 
Anyone who injures their neighbor is to be injured in the same manner. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. The one who has inflicted the injury must suffer the same injury. Whoever kills an animal must make restitution, but whoever kills a human being is to be put to death. You are to have the same law for the foreigner and the native-born. I am the Lord your God. Then Moses spoke to the Israelites, and they took the blasphemer outside the camp and stoned him. The Israelites did as the Lord commanded Moses. The Lord said to Moses at Mount Sinai, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I am going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years sow your fields, and for six years prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes of your untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. Whatever the land yields during the Sabbath year will be food for you, for yourself, your male and female servants, and the hired worker and temporary resident who live among you, as well as for your livestock and the wild animals in your land. Whatever the land produces may be eaten. Count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of forty-nine years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the tenth day of the seventh month. On the Day of Atonement, sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. The fiftieth year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines. For it is a jubilee and is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property. If you sell land to any of your own people or buy land from them, do not take advantage of each other. You are to buy from your own people on the basis of the number of years since the jubilee, and they are to sell to you on the basis of the number of years left for harvesting crops. When the years are many, you are to increase the price, and when the years are few, you are to decrease the price, because what is really being sold to you is the number of crops. Do not take advantage of each other, but fear your God. I am the Lord your God. Follow my decrees and be careful to obey my laws, and you will live safely in the land. Then the land will yield its fruit, and you will eat your fill and live there in safety. You may ask, what will we eat in the seventh year if we do not plant or harvest our crops? 
I will send you such a blessing in the sixth year that the land will yield enough for three years. While you plant during the eighth year, you will eat from the old crop and will continue to eat from it until the harvest of the ninth year comes in. The land must not be sold permanently, because the land is mine, and you reside in my land as foreigners and strangers. Throughout the land that you hold as a possession, you must provide for the redemption of the land. If one of your fellow Israelites becomes poor and sells some of their property, their nearest relative is to come and redeem what they have sold. If, however, there is no one to redeem it for them, but later on they prosper and acquire sufficient means to redeem it themselves, they are to determine the value for the years since they sold it and refund the balance to the one to whom they sold it. They can then go back to their own property. But if they do not acquire the means to repay, what was sold will remain in the possession of the buyer until the year of Jubilee. It will be returned in the Jubilee, and they can then go back to their property. Anyone who sells a house in a walled city retains the right of redemption a full year after its sale. During that time, the seller may redeem it. If it is not redeemed before a full year has passed, the house in the walled city shall belong permanently to the buyer and the buyer's descendants. It is not to be returned in the Jubilee. But houses and villages without walls around them are to be considered as belonging to the open country. They can be redeemed, and they are to be returned in the Jubilee. The Levites always have the right to redeem their houses in the Levitical towns which they possess. So the property of the Levites is redeemable, that is, a house sold in any town they hold and is to be returned in the Jubilee because the houses in the towns of the Levites are their property among the Israelites. But the pasture land belonging to their towns must not be sold. It is their permanent possession. If any of your fellow Israelites become poor and are unable to support themselves among you, help them as you would a foreigner and stranger so they can continue to live among you. Do not take interest or any profit from them, but fear your God so that they may continue to live among you. You must not lend them money at interest or sell them food at a profit. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. If any of your fellow Israelites become poor and sell themselves to you, do not make them work as slaves. They are to be treated as hired workers or temporary residents among you. They are to work for you until the year of Jubilee. Then they and their children are to be released, and they will go back to their own clans and to the property of their ancestors. Because the Israelites are my servants, whom I brought out of Egypt, they must not be sold as slaves. Do not rule over them ruthlessly, but fear your God. Your male and female slaves are to come from the nations around you, 
from them you may buy slaves. You may also buy some of the temporary residents living among you, and members of their clans born in your country, and they will become your property. You can bequeath them to your children as inherited property and can make them slaves for life. But you must not rule over your fellow Israelites ruthlessly. Mark 10, 13-31 People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad, because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions. 
and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Psalm 44, 9-26 But now you have rejected and humbled us. You no longer go out with our armies. You made us retreat before the enemy, and our adversaries have plundered us. You gave us up to be devoured like sheep and have scattered us among the nations. You sold your people for a pittance, gaining nothing from their sale. You have made us a reproach to our neighbors, the scorn and derision of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations. The people shake their heads at us. I live in disgrace all day long, and my face is covered with shame at the taunts of those who reproach and revile me because of the enemy who is bent on revenge. All this came upon us, though we had not forgotten you. We had not been false to your covenant. Our hearts had not turned back. Our feet had not strayed from your path. But you crushed us and made us a haunt for jackals. You covered us over with deep darkness. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would not God have discovered it, since he knows the secrets of the heart? Yet for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake, Lord, why do you sleep? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? We are brought down to the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up and help us. Rescue us because of your unfailing love. Proverbs 10, 20 and 21 The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of sense. All right, so in the Gospel of Mark, people had begun to bring their kids to Jesus so that uh, he could put their ha- his hand on them and bless them. And it's beautiful because where else? I mean, isn't that what we're trying to do? Who, who, what parent doesn't want to bring their children to Jesus? Where, where else would we want to teach them to turn? But as beautiful as it is, it was completely lost on the disciples, right? They're scolding the parents and shooing them away. Now, don't, don't bother Jesus, which is so ironic, right? But as with all of the Bible, it, once you turn the light away from what you're learning and back onto your own life, 
so that it can be reflected off how you are living, then, then it becomes truly revealing because, because too often we're excluding our kids from our faith journey, right? Just reasoning that they're, they're too young to understand it or, or, or we're misguiding them with our words when they don't coincide with our actions. But maybe God in the person of Jesus knows something that uh, that we that we're not always paying attention to. Maybe maybe our kids intuitively know far more than we think. And maybe their innocence has much to teach us. Uh, at least that's how Jesus saw it. Let the, let the children come to me, he said. Don't, don't stop them. The kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these kids, like these children. So God's kingdom values the faith of a child. And th- there's a reason for this. A child believes anything can happen. And we spend a lot of our parenting time trying to get our kids into the quote-unquote real world, right? So that they're prepared for the real world when maybe they have a few things to teach us about the real world. When we're parenting our kids, we are probably doing what is our greatest charge and responsibility for the kingdom of God. If the kingdom belongs to those who are like little children, not only should we engage our children in our faith journey so that we can raise them up in the way that we should go, but also because we need them to remind us of where we are going. It was Jesus that said, I'm telling you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child is not going to enter it. Okay? Okay? That that should be sobering. But it's an invaluable invitation. All of our attempts to figure out what God is and isn't doing and to keep all the plates spinning in our lives, that may not be going anywhere. It may not be getting us anywhere. And our kids, our little children, they don't ponder whether whether we care for them, right? They know it. They don't, they don't wonder how they're going to manage being a toddler. They just, they just know that it, everything's going to be okay. Every day is an adventure. The kingdom belongs to those with the faith of a child. And we're invited to live that way. So, so the next time that we're overwhelmed, uh, the next time we feel insecure or abandoned or isolated or anxious or discouraged, maybe we just need to look to our children. Maybe they can teach us how things really are in the real world. Maybe they'll remind us that we are children of God. And so, Father, we thank you for the gift of our children. We confess that a lot of the time, our parenting is about managing uh, managing their behavior, uh, trying to trying to get all of our lives moving smoothly without a lot of interruption, and we're not we're not engaging, we're not watching for what it is that they are learning intuitively from us and from what we say, who we say you are, and so, Holy Spirit, come. 
Show us what it looks like to have the faith of a child again. Remind us what it would feel like to not have to worry that things are going to be okay because they are. Because our Father is the God of the universe. Come Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. So yesterday, on our pilgrimage journey, uh, here in the land of the Bible, and we are down to our last couple of days together on this journey, uh, whether virtually or actually here in the land, yesterday was a day spent in the central uh, area of the region. And uh, let's just all say rain together because that was largely the experience uh, yesterday. Uh, we began our, our journey in the morning, obviously, and uh, began to drive northward out of Jerusalem uh, all the way to Mount Gerizim, which is just above biblical Shechem, which is a Palestinian city known as Nablus now. And Mount Gerizim is the, uh, the Mount of Blessing. And uh, we haven't quite gotten to this story yet when the children of Israel do come into the Promised Land. Um, th they will go, go to this place, Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal, and half the tribes will go on Mount Gerizim, and uh, the other half will go on Mount Ebal, and they will recite the blessings and, and then the curses. So the blessings of a covenantal relationship with God. And uh, also, what happens if you break the covenant? And uh, in terms of rain, I'm kind of two for four at this point. I've been up there four times. Uh, one time to scout it out in film, and it was a, a pretty day. And then the next year we uh, took a group up there and it was raining sideways. And then the next year it was beautiful and perfect. And then yesterday it was raining sideways. And so uh, we get on the top of the Mount of Blessing and um, rain is plentiful right now. Uh, Israel's having the wettest February uh, in the last several decades and the rain is uh, is perceived as a blessing from God as it is they they need the rain uh, so you know it's raining sideways on my Gerizim and we're in the clouds as it were and so we can't see anything and um, but the thing is and this has happened before the thing is, we're standing on the Mount of Blessing or parked in buses on the Mount of Blessing and it's raining and this is perceived as a blessing. And so, and so both times I, I've just invited who, you know, if this is a season of transition or you just want to be out there in it and, and pray and invite God's blessing and receive his blessing on the Mount of Blessing while the rain is coming down. Uh, then join me and, and so we got out there in a crowd and just let it happen and just enjoyed a moment together inviting God's blessing in our lives and it is a riveting reminder that God's blessing may be a disruptive thing we may pray for blessing and blessing and blessing and 
Usually it's, it's attached to a set of expectations or outcomes. And so if we get what we want, uh, then we feel blessed. But we don't really trust God to decide what is best for us and how to bless us as a father. And sometimes that can be disruptive. It can be like sideways rain sometimes. Uh, and we don't see until later that his hand was in all of it. And we were being blessed, even though we were being blown and pelted uh, as we move along. And so we just kind of acknowledged that and invited God and his blessing in our lives in any way that he would choose uh, to guide and lead and bless us. And that took a few minutes and that's all it took to get a good <laughs> good shower. And uh, so we climbed back on the buses wet and began down the mountain to move to Shiloh. And Shiloh is an archaeological site that is, is where the children of Israel, where the tabernacle stood and, uh, and was the capital, the center of ancient Israel's culture uh, for almost four centuries. So a very, very long time before, uh, before the time of the monarchy. Again, these are things that we will get to as we continue to read in the scriptures, but but this is where we were, and uh, yeah, we were being blessed with the rain again. So uh, just a little shorter time of touring these places, whereas when it's, uh, you know, if the sun is shining or whatever, then there's a plenty to observe and to contemplate and to drink in and to photograph and, and just to... Um, you know, immerse in the culture of how it was then when it's raining, it's, it, it's a little different. So there's, you just don't spend as much time out there. You're getting soaked and it's cold. So, uh, we visited Shiloh and then, uh, began moving southward back toward Jerusalem and having lunch at a winery that we normally stop at and have lunch. It's a beautiful lunch and it's warm and cozy and, just it's I was gonna say it's probably, but it is the best uh, the best lunch that we have on the tour. It's always it always comes at the right time. And it came at the right time again this time. So we enjoyed that fellowshipping with each other, uh, just warming up, drying off before making our way back to Jerusalem. and we were able to get here a little bit early and have some free hours. Uh, to rest or to play or uh, to maybe go into the old city and shop, even though uh, it was kind of intermittent rain. And, uh, this is rare. The uh, pilgrimages that we go on are, are, are very, very, uh, we're literally going north, south, east, west, and everything in between to immerse ourselves fully, not only in the geography, but in the, in the biblical locations. So we're doing all that, but we just had a shortened day. And so that was nice to just kind of get back and and get some rest. Oddly enough, it was uh, sleeting by the time I ultimately got back to the hotel. Uh, so that's kind of fun. I've seen snow one time in Israel in all of, uh, all of my journeys here. Up in the North Country in the Golan Heights near Mount Hermon. 
so I've never really seen, uh, and it wasn't snow, but it was definitely uh, sleeting. And uh, we're definitely experiencing high winds. But today we're going into the lowlands, and today is uh, supposed to be spectacular in terms of weather. So that'll be a nice change. A couple of days it's been now that we've kind of uh, battled into the rain. But as a metaphor for life, which is, is, is what we're using this pilgrimage as, those days come, those seasons come, those times come. So what do you do with that? How do you handle that? How do you respond to that? And so, uh, yeah, we're just kind of living into it. I'm looking forward to a great day today. So thank you for your continued prayers as uh, we experience the final uh, region of this land that we'll be visiting uh, today. And then tomorrow we will wrap up in and around Jerusalem. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There's a link on the homepage. Thank you, humbly and profoundly, for your partnership. Uh, If you're using the Daily Audio Bible app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996. Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. It's exciting to be in this new month together. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Hi, I'm calling for the very first time uh, for a prayer request. You know, I've listened to the Daily Audio Bible for years. Today was the um, story about the man whose um, son was possessed by an evil spirit and no one could draw it out. And I, I think that I need to give my daughter um, in the same way. She's 26. Last night I took her again to a mental health hospital for her third admission um, for depression and anxiety. Uh, She was abused by her father, unbeknownst to me. He was a pastor, um, and as a result, she can't trust any man or God. And she's really in desperate, um, in desperate need of, of your prayers. And so is everyone who loves her because it breaks all of our hearts. Thank you. Good morning, friends. Um, my name is Vivian, and I live in the Front Range of Northern Colorado. I am calling today um, to ask for prayer for our pastor's little boy named Noah, who is dealing with seizures. And this is um, not something that just happens a couple times a day, but a couple times every hour. Um, These seizures started about two years ago, and with meds, they were able to control them for about a year. And now the seizures are back with a vengeance, and meds just aren't doing the job anymore. He is now looking at possible surgery. His parents are 
exhausted and frightened, yet looking to God for help. Noah loves Jesus and knows Jesus can heal him. Today, as we read Mark 9, the healing of the little boy from an evil spirit. Jesus told the disciples, this kind of spirit can only come out by prayer. So this has moved me to call and ask our prayer warriors to please pray for little Noah and the removal of this evil spirit of seizures. Please pray that no matter how these seizures are removed for him, that he is healed so he can enjoy being just a little boy again. And so that his parents will have comfort and rest and peace. Love you guys. God bless. Hi, my name is Tracy. I'm calling from Vancouver, Washington. This morning I was touched by Tim from Tampa. The last thing you said was, I need to get my stuff together. And I thought to myself, oh, that was me for years and years. But Tim, what you need to know is none of us have our stuff together. And Jesus loves us no matter what. So my prayer for you is that you will rest in who you are in Christ. That you will rest in who Christ says you are. It's not about what we do. It's not about waiting to go to Jesus until we get our stuff together. Just go to Him. Just rest in Him. Spend time with Him. Spend time studying who He is. And the getting your stuff together will come naturally because He will change your heart. So, Father, I just pray for Tim today. I just pray that you would show him in an abundant way today that he is loved by you, whether he has his stuff together or not. And Father, that you would just change his heart so that he naturally would come to you and you could get his stuff together for him. Have a great day. Good morning, family. This is Pete from Salt Lake City again. I just want to really quick thank everybody who prayed uh, for me regarding uh, my distance from the Lord or at least feeling that absence. And I am getting back on the path somewhat, you know, and I, I just want to thank everybody for that. Uh, really quick, I just heard um, Tim from Tampa's prayer today. It probably keeps coming a lot like I felt and have felt quite a few times. But Tim, I just want you to know that I'm praying for you here, brother. Um, I just pray that God will reach out to you in, in a way that makes sense. You'll know that Tim and you'll know that he's there because he is there. Um, so I, I just have to remind myself over and over. Uh, but I'm praying for you, Tim. Uh, and I do want to reach out real quick uh, with an additional uh, prayer request for my son, Isaac. Uh, he's 13 years old, and he recently confided in his mother uh, and I that we've been hearing voices. Um, he named this voice, uh, and it's been telling him to... It has hurt him in the past, apparently. Uh, I'm just... I'm at a loss. I know this is obviously the enemy, the evil spirit. I know I think back to the verse about... Uh, you know, our battles are not question, you know, they're spiritual battles, they're dark forces, and I, I know that's what this is, and so I just, I would just ask the community to cover my son Isaac in prayer, um, that he would be protected and that we could drive this demon out of him, that he would return to being happy, normal kid. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. I love you all. Um, 
safe travels, Brian and, and everybody in Jerusalem. Safe, I know you will. Uh, thanks again for the app. I love you guys. Bye.